So Money episode 590, Ask Farnoosh with special co-host Alexandra Dickinson. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. You're listening to So Money, everyone. Welcome to the show. Happy Friday, June 23rd. It's officially summer. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi, and it's Friday, so we get to answer all your lovely questions. And we're going to do a special theme today because we have a very special co-host. And the theme, before I mention and introduce our co-host, is jobs and employment and negotiating and all that good stuff. Many of you might be on the prowl right now for a new job, transitioning into a new career. We've got some answers for you. And our co-host, you may remember her. She was on So Money not too long ago, Alexandra Dickinson, founder of Ask For It, which is a boutique consulting company, works to close the gender gap and affect change on both the institutional and individual level. And she's got some updates for us. Welcome to the show. Hi, it is so lovely to be back. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I know you're a big, you're not only a guest, but also a fan of the show. You responded to my email that went out recently about, you know, I'm looking for a co-host, co-hosts every Friday. I'm going to start rotating the, uh, you know, the show a little bit and bringing on listeners. And you promptly replied. So what gives? Why do you want to co-host a podcast? Well, I have to say that, you know, I thought it was a really cool opportunity when you had me on back last year. And I, you know, it just, it seemed cool. I love to say yes to opportunities to get in front of new audiences. So, you know, of course it was a fun thing to do, but something really amazing happened as a result of being a guest on your show. All right. Tell us about that. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody uh, named Lily, shout out to Lily, heard that episode. She's a big fan of yours. And she cold reached out to me on LinkedIn and said, I heard you on this podcast and I love your mission and I'd love to get involved. And we got to chatting and, you know, to make a long story short, she now does some part-time work for me and she's incredible. And, um, she's been a game changer for my business because it's, you know, I'm a solopreneur. I used to be a solopreneur. Now I have extra support from Lily and that is all thanks to being on this podcast and making new connections. So I, I, when the opportunity came up to co-host with you, of course, I wanted to see if I could get in on that. Yeah. Maybe you'll find your next employee. (laughs) Well, that's awesome. That's so money. And (laughs) I hope so. Uh, shout out to Lily as well that uh, she had the chutzpah to go on LinkedIn and reach out. And I'm glad that that episode was a nice catalyst for her to to reach out to you. And how nice of you to you know respond because I think she probably didn't know what would happen if she emailed you or reached out on LinkedIn. Sometimes you hear nothing. You know, one thing that I thought she did really well, which is something that she now does for my business, is she made a cold reach out feel really warm. You know, she mm-hmm. it wasn't just. Uh, here's what I want from you. It's here's what I could do for you. And, you know, she did, it was short, sweet to the point, but it was respectful. It showed me that she had done a little research. It was just extremely well done. And, um, I, you know, she made it easy for me to say yes to her, which is a big negotiating principle too. Wow. 
Awesome. Go Lily. Well, tell us, Alex, how business is going. Last time you were on the show, you were in the you know beginning stages of launch of launching and running. Ask for it. I can only imagine you're busier than ever as people are looking for the kind of help that you offer. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild ride the last eighteen months, two years. Um, so the things I'm you know I've had some great successes that I feel really proud of this year. I spoke at a parallel panel that was part of the UN Women's Summit, which was possibly the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> I spoke at the Ms. Foundation, which was a big bucket list item for me. Um, I do workshops all over and growing the business with more corporate clients, teaching negotiation to sales teams, business development teams, um, and then also the individual work, which is really important to me and really meaningful for me. Um, I think my business is set up to do well by doing good. And so I work with people to give them the skills and the confidence they need to have negotiating success. So the questions, the hesitations that I hear, they come up over and over again. And I know they feel so personal to each individual person, but from my perspective, they're so common. And so I love it when I can help somebody kind of kick that hesitation to the side. So I'm focused on kind of two streams, corporate trainings, and then one-on-one individual coaching sessions, which I feel are really powerful for my clients and really meaningful for me. Well, I can't wait to pick your brain. We have a lot of questions here from listeners along those lines of negotiating and you know, how to position themselves. So we have sort of, we have the opportunity to have our own little one-on-one session with you here on So Money. And uh, let's start with Allison. You want to read the question? Yeah. Allison says, I'm currently weighing two job opportunities. Option A offers better salary and slightly fewer benefits. Like there's no 401k match. Option B offers a lower salary with great benefits, including a 401k match and a gym membership discount. Both jobs are of equal interest to me. How would you approach the negotiation? Yeah. And I mean, money's always great. But like I say, you always want to evaluate the totality of the offering. So if she is already spending money on a gym membership, if she does want to aggressively invest in retirement, I mean, those are those are valuable benefits uh, that sometimes it'll end up being an even better opportunity uh, just because of the totality of, of the offerings. What do you think? I mean, should she just go with option B because it has greater benefits? Are benefits sometimes more important than salary? You know, it would kind of depend on what other benefits. I mean, is there a stock component, some bonus commission component? Um, you know, the way that I was interpreting this question is it seems to me like she has two offers on the table and she wants to negotiate both of them to see who she can get the better deal from. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that research shows that unfortunately this can be kind of tricky for women to say, Hey, I have another offer. So match it, or I'm going to take it because what happens sometimes is the employer says, okay, go ahead, take it. So you have to be sure that you are willing to take the other option. Um, if you want to cover all your bases going into it. Why is so, it adversely ben- why does it work against women relative to men? People just don't want to hire women, so they're looking for an out. <laughs> um, I think it has to do with the fact that we we generally speaking, you know, society, we see women as warm, kind and nice and we see negotiators as tough and aggressive and, and out to win and they don't go together. So if you see a woman who is acting in a way that is 
could be perceived as tough, aggressive, out to win, it penalizes her because that's not what we think of women. So the strategy that I would advise Allison to take actually is something from the Harvard Kennedy School that I teach all the time, and it's called relational accounting. And it's basically a way for a woman to walk the line between seeming warm, kind, and nice and out to win. And I teach this to people not because I think we should have to do it differently. I don't think we should have to do it differently at all. But, you know, I'm a pragmatist and this is reality. And this is also something that's been studied extensively. So, you know, studies show that it's really effective. And it's basically about showing that you are a team player. You're not just out for yourself and your own interests, but you are going a little bit out of your way to show that you have concern for your organization. You have concern for what they care about too. So it's about explaining why your request is legitimate, asking questions to understand their point of view, even selling your ability to negotiate as a skill that you bring to the team. That's something after this, this is a skill that you are always going to be using on behalf of your team, on behalf of your organization. This is the only time that you're on opposite sides of the table. Right. This is the time to ask. Otherwise, um, you lose that negotiating power once you're on the job. So ideally, it sounds like she would be best suited taking, like negotiating effectively so that option B does offer her a higher salary or matching salary with those great benefits. And then I think it's an obvious choice because she said both jobs are of equal interest to her. Yes, I would agree with that. All right. All right, Allison, good luck. And let us know if you have any other questions or how it went. We'd, we'd love to see and hear uh, where you landed. Okay. Our next question is from Lauren. She's only 25 and she's been working for a few years since graduating from college. She's been promoted already once. She works in advertising. And like I think a lot of young, eager employees, she's the one who's always late uh, sorry, always last to leave, not late, always last to leave the office. She goes above and beyond. She's a little burnt out in the sense that she feels she's not being compensated thanks to all the extras that she's providing. She wants to ask for a promotion or a raise and or a raise. How should she position herself? I mean, it's one thing if your boss comes to you and says, I have more responsibilities for you and you take them on and you you excel at them and then you ask for a raise. But it's another if you like volunteer, of course your boss is going to be happy with that, but is it is it enough to merit a raise? From my perspective, I would say yes. Um, you know, knowing what little I know about it because, you know, something else I often say to women is ask yourself what a man would do or better yet actually ask a man what he would do. And if this question was from John instead of Lauren, I don't, I wonder um, whether we'd be even talking about it. Mm. So I would say she should go for it and she should go for it. Um, when the iron is hot, strike while the iron is hot. So that is after she's had a big success or, you know, at a time when the pump is primed for this conversation, like a mid-year review, if that's coming up sometime soon. Um, you know, this is about making the case that she deserves it. So she has to be able to, you know, put pen to paper and articulate the value that she has created for her company, the value that she has saved for her company, um, what unique superpowers she brings. That's something I love to talk about too. Your negotiation superpowers are the things that come effortlessly naturally to you, just like 
Wonder Woman has superpowers and we don't question where Wonder Woman gets her super strength from because she's a superhero. So what is that thing for, for Lauren? Um, and then, you know, do some research about salaries and responsibilities for the next level up. So she is working in advertising now. Let's say she's like a junior account exec. If she were to move to a regular account exec or a senior account exec, what would that look like? And how much of that is she already doing now to kind of make the case that she's ready for that promotion because she's already operating at that level. So I would say research the work responsibilities as well as the salaries by yes, looking on the internet. Okay. But don't stop there. You have to go further and talk to actual humans who are doing this job. Um, And the last thing I would say about that is to make sure, Lauren, that when you're doing your research, you speak to both women and men, because as you probably know, you're listening to this show, uh, there's a gender wage gap. And so often, not always often, women make less than men for doing the same work. So when you're researching salaries, talk to men about their salaries, talk to women about their salaries, and then obviously use whichever number is higher. Well, how do you you ask someone how much they make? I mean, isn't that a little intrusive. I mean, I would ask it, but because I'm, I have no shame, but I feel like people may be uh, taken aback when you ask them how much they make, even though they're not competing for the same job as you. They're not even maybe working in the same company as you, but you know, it's, it's a, it's quite a revelation. Yeah. So this is how I would advise people to say it. Um, Hey, coworker, I'm doing some research because I'm preparing to ask for a raise or ask for a promotion or both. And I think you have some information that could help me. I'm wondering, would you be willing to share your ballpark salary with me? So you're doing a couple things here. You're saying the reason why you're asking. It's not because I'm nosy or curious. It's because (laughs) I'm doing research for something. And I think you can help me. Saying I think you can help me really kind of opens them up because people like to feel needed. They like to feel like they have something to contribute. So by saying, I think you can help me, you're positioning it as, again, it's not about being nosy. It's about asking for someone's help. And it doesn't have to be someone at your particular company. It could be somebody in your industry, maybe somebody that worked at your company before and left. And if if that feels too forward and somebody hears this and thinks that realistically, I'm never going to say that, try flipping it the other way. By saying, hey, I'm doing some research because I'm going to ask for a promotion. You have some information that I think could help. Um, This is the salary that I'm thinking of asking for. Does that sound reasonable to you? So that's a little bit less forward of a way to kind of get their take, get their validation. Oh, that sounds high. Oh, that sounds low. It's a little bit um, could feel more comfortable for people. But I tell you, Farnoosh, I give this advice to every client that I have. And people come back to me and say, oh, my God, I cannot believe what I found. So, you know, I think that in almost all cases, people find it really eye opening and it really lights a fire under them. So if you can get past that initial awkward, uncomfortable feeling, you know, as long as you're explaining why and you're willing to have that kind of open conversation, even though it's something that is taboo that we don't often talk about, it's taboo. Your company doesn't want you to talk about it because you know, it's not really in their interest, but, but you need to know for, for the sake of your career. 
So I agree with all of that. And I'll, I'll throw in another potential piece of advice. And Alex, tell me if this is a little too risky of a move, but my brother did this successfully. And I know it's, it, I don't want to generalize and say everyone should do this, but it worked in his case. And I think it helped that he had a really good rapport with his manager. They had a very friendly relationship. He felt he could get really real with him in the negotiations and um, not have to be so buttoned up about things. But he was very frank. My brother wanted a a sizable raise because he knew that he started at this company under earning. He really wanted to work for this company. He was junior. And if, if it meant making a little bit less so that he could get his foot in the door, he was okay with it. But now fast forward a year, he's going way above and beyond. Because of him, clients have requested to stay. Like it's he works at an ad agency as well. So he felt he had a lot to, you know, substantiate his reasons for a raise. And so he wanted something like a 25, 30% raise, which is a lot. And he knew that too. But he felt, you know, let me start high and see where we can get from there. And his boss offered him a Two percent raise. Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is before my brother actually said what he wanted. My bo- his boss showed his cards and was like, "We're prepared to give you two percent." And this is after his boss was like, "You're invaluable to us. We can't work without you. Like, we're so happy. We hope you stay." And he and my so my brother was like, "Are you joking? More or less? Like, two uh, percent yeah. is like not even inflation." So then my brother began to give his case and walked through all the talking points, like all the all the bullet points of why he deserved far more than 2%. And the ultimate line that I think worked in my brother's favor was he said to his boss, listen, given what you know about everything that I've done for this company, what my strengths are, what what kind of value I bring, if I were to walk here off the street from a competing ad agency and apply for my job, would you be giving me this salary? Honestly. And his boss was like, whoa, well, truthfully, no. You know, I, <laughs> he kind of threw him aback. He was like, uh, no, because, because it was obvious, you know, like the number was so low. So at that point, his boss said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to go and talk to my manager and I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks. And long story short, he got a substantial raise. And so that phrase, that kind of, if you do your research and find out that other companies are willing to pay you, much more than where you currently are. A way to maybe position that is saying, if I were to walk into this meeting from a competing company, you didn't know who I was, but you knew about my experience and my value add. Would is this the, the number that you would that you would present to me? It might make them think twice. Wow, that's that pretty baller, is- right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other I line did. my brother threw at them was, "Listen, I don't want this to become a distraction for me." In other words. <laughs> Yeah. Like, give me, give me the money that I want because I don't want this to be this cloud over me while I work here. And it was again because he had a friendly rapport with his boss. He felt he could talk in those ways, but don't go and necessarily think this is going to work at your company. Feel the relationship that you have with your manager. If it's put yourself in their shoes, what do they want to hear? What would really make them kind of take a double take and practice that way? Yeah. I would say that's definitely a personal call and you have to judge it based on your relationship. So I would agree. Well, congrats to my brother. We were like, yeah, I was like, Todd, you need to write an article about that, like on Medium or something. Uh, Maybe I'll have him on the show to to give to walk us through his uh his <laughs> strategy. I would love to hear that. All right. We have a question here from Tanya and I'll let you take the question. Tell us what is on her negotiating mind. 
All right. Tanya says, I recently found out my coworker is making more money than me. We're in similar positions and same amount of time and work. How do you suggest they go about asking for a raise? So this is one, again, I've heard this one many times before too. So I would say, first off, if you find this out and you're fuming and you're furious and you're thinking, this is so unfair, I cannot believe it, that's valid. However, that's not the mindset that you want to go in to your boss's office with because going in argumentative, you know, you, you reap what you sow. So if you go in with a bad mood, that's probably going to rub off on your manager and then you're probably not going to get what you want. So you want to come at it from a place of um, fact, evidence, almost, almost like detached curiosity to the extent possible, right? So, you know, you want to find the right time to have the conversation. And that means taking kind of the context of what's going on at work and what you know about your manager's habits, moods, whatever, take those things into account and give them a heads up that you want to talk about compensation. You know, you, you don't want to surprise somebody that you care about. Somebody that you want a raise out of is somebody that you care about. So you don't want to march into their office and say, I found this out and I need a raise immediately or I'm going to quit. You know, that's a, a recipe for them to potentially say, all right, see you later. So, you know, give the heads up. Hey, I'd like to schedule a meeting to talk with this about you at some point in the next couple of weeks. When would be a good time? Um, and then, you know, I would position it as I happen to know some folks around here are making more than me for the same work. So you don't want to give your sources away. You don't, don't throw your source under the bus. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Even if they could figure out who it is, that's, I mean, that's on them, but you're never going to give that person's name away. <clears throat> so, um, you know, recognize also that you might not have all the information about your co-worker's situation or what her deal was when she came in, where she came from. So, you know, you have to be prepared to make the case for yourself. Give your own evidence about why you're worth it and come to it from that place as much as possible. You know, detached curiosity. Why is it that somebody doing the same work as me would be making more money because, you know, here's all the things I've accomplished recently. And, um, you know, if you put it from a place of objectivity and fairness, it's going to be a hard thing to, to say no to. If I were the employer, maybe it could be something like, well, they asked for it. <laughs> right. Could just be as, and, is that, and that's valid, right? I mean, like, well, when I hired this, when I hired these people, you were the only one who, took the offer at, uh, and didn't, and didn't negotiate. And so I don't know, I'm just trying to think like, what could they throw back at you? Yeah. Well, so, and so if I'm Tanya in that situation, it's like, all right, well, I'm asking now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So here I am. (laughs) Better late than never. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we find out that our male colleagues are making more than us. And Mm -hmm. so if that is the case, do you go in and say, um, should you go in and say, well, I discovered that some of our colleagues who do the same work as me, who happen to be men, that's a threat, right? To go in and say that. You don't want to be threatening. But that, at the same time, like if that's the if that's the fact, it's worth raising. Again, I, I think I tend to be slightly conservative on this stuff, but um, I think how you would feel if someone came to you yeah. and said, not that this is really your situation, but if you were you know, a boss at a company someone came to you and said, I think you're essentially what, what that person is saying is like, I think you're discriminating based on gender. Yeah. That's, you know, it's not going to feel good to you. I mean, that may be irrelevant. I'm sure there's people that are listening to this up in arms at this moment thinking that's not, you know, um, but it may not be intentional crazy as that might sound like there might be other factors at play. It just, um, 
if your goal is success and success is defined as getting equal pay and you want to get it how you're going to get it, um, I think that going in with an accusation of gender discrimination to your manager is maybe not your most effective way, right? If it's a systematic thing, I'm not saying that you don't call out discrimination when you see it. Don't like, let's not have that impression. You should do that, but you should do it in, you know, the way that's going to get the proper attention, right? Maybe that's a conversation with HR versus, you know, just making an accusation to your, to your manager one-on-one. Right. Agree. Although it would make a great headline, you know, as we've seen in the press, yeah. New York Times and other places and, you know, actresses getting paid less and they're, you know, that's always, I think it's important to unveil that when that happens at bigger institutions and in industries. And when you say, like you say, when it seems systematic, it's, it's a problem. Tanya, good luck and let, keep us posted. Now we have a question from a man, Jonathan. See, sometimes men also need help with negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. have it all figured out. I have no clients. So Jonathan's in his early 60s, actually. I actually do have quite a few people who listen who write in and they're like, so I'm not a millennial, but I love your show. So I think Jonathan's one of those uh, those listeners. So thanks for your question, Jonathan. And his issue is that he recently got laid off and he's in his early 60s. So he says, you know, while this may be the universe is telling me to retire early, he was really looking forward to working another five, 10 years, maybe longer. And so he's been on a few job interviews and he's getting the sense that employers are, he says, skeptical of my commitment, which he thinks is kind of a way of saying to him that you're too old. Um, we don't want you to, we don't want to hire you for just a few years and then you'll officially take your retirement. And so he's just wondering, I guess at this point, how can he fight age discrimination? Can they actually ask him about, you know, anything alluding to the fact that he's in his 60s? I mean, is it illegal for an employer to be like, when do you plan to retire? (laughs) Um, I don't think I can say with 100% confidence, I'd say maybe consult a lawyer, but um, I'm fairly certain that age is a protected category and that you can't ask discriminatory questions about it. But, you know, we know that that's won't stop somebody from making an inference anyway. So, I mean, if that is the case, you know, I wouldn't advise Jonathan to say, well, I think you're discriminating on me based on age because that's not a way to get hired anyway. Yes, right. You know, my thought here is um, I recently read Sheryl Sandberg's new book, Option B. Have you read that one yet? Not yet. Oh, well, get your tissues out because Uh I cried all the way through that thing. It was miserable to read, but I mean, I got a lot out of it. I mean, I don't mean that as a criticism, just, you know, it was a miserable situation, of course. Um, her book is about her husband, for anyone who doesn't know, her husband died very unexpectedly at a, you know, tragically young age. And so her book is sort of option B is about option A, having her husband, who is the father of her children, be alive and around to co-parent with her and contribute to the world is not available. So, she has a, I can't remember if it's a friend or a family member that says, well, Cheryl, we're going to kick the shit out of option B. And so the book is called option B and it's about, you know, dealing with circumstances that that you don't want to be dealing with. And she has a chapter in there. That's, I think it's called like kick the elephant out of the room, something like that. And that was kind of my thought when I came across this question is like, kick the elephant out of the room, just name it and say, you know, you might be concerned about right. And taking it on himself to say, I think you might be concerned about this rather than an accusation. Like mm. it seems to me like you're discriminating, right? I, I'm, I know you might be wondering, 
you know, I, I'm a kind of a older guy and I'm, you might be wondering how long I'm going to be working for, but I want to get out in front and tell you that I'm looking forward to another, you know, good five to 10 years or more of, of working years. And so if you're concerned at all about commitment, let, let me be the first to tell you that that's, I don't anticipate that being a problem. So just naming it and that's bringing smart. it up because if it's, you know, from his perspective, he's volunteering it. Um, and he's not coming from an accusatory place, then I think that it is, um, he, you know, that might be the, the difference maker for him. Yes. And you are then in control of the meeting, right? And of any, uh, any insecurities that you may have, you'll be able to just get it out there right away and show your confidence around that I think can be a really uh, compelling thing. That's a great piece of advice. I'm going to have to read option B. I'd love to get Cheryl Sandberg on this podcast if you know anyone who knows her. Oh. Well, I mean, I'm definitely her friend, but I don't see that happening anytime soon. So I'll just uh, Yeah, her and she co-wrote that with Adam. Uh, Adam Grant. Adam Grant, right. All right, Jonathan, good luck. And I feel I feel for you. My dad's kind of in a similar boat. Um, keep at it. Don't give up. And in, in some cases, it may mean maybe a blessing that, you know, you don't want to work somewhere where they're, where they're going to hire you, but they're not going to really be that into you. You know, you want to find a place where they completely appreciate all their years of experience. And my husband and I were having a conversation about that recently. It's like, what a pity that companies are so short-sighted to feel like, oh, someone in their 50s or 60s can't work here because how are we going to nurture them and grow them? And they're not, they're not going to stay. And it's like, but you know, no one really stays that long anywhere these days. And furthermore, I think about all the value you're getting in hiring someone at this stage in their career. They've experienced so much. What an asset to the to the company. I don't know, just my two cents. Yeah, I think there's a lot to that. All right. Last but not least, we have a question from Toby and she works at an online media company. She's asked for a raise multiple times to no avail. Toby, are you sure your name's not Farnoosh? Because <laughs> that was me in my early 20s. And she's thinking of jumping ship to a competitor because that's how she feels is the only way she'll be able to earn more and get promoted. So her question for us is, how much more can I realistically expect to earn by jumping ship? Is it crazy to think that I can make 50% more uh, from a new employer. And by the way, she works in California where it is illegal for employers to ask about your salary history. And I'm excited to say that this is actually coming to New York, uh, or if, if not already, right? This is a law that's coming to New York. Yes. So actually, I am, I could be mistaken, but I'm not actually sure that it is illegal in California. I know there's, last I checked, there was pending legislation about this, but that it wasn't actually a law yet. So um, I would. Toby, I would double check that before you make that assumption. Um, it is coming to New York City employers in particular in October, um, where you can't ask about someone's salary history. And this is already law in the entire state of Massachusetts, which is great. And I mean, every state needs this because, you know, asking what you made at your last job is really a way to say, oh, here's a couple percentage points more than that. You should be happy because it's more than what you made. And it's a way to keep wages down. It's a way that the gender wage gap among other wage gaps as well, right? Race, class, all of them, um, perpetuate by just keeping wages down. So I, my understanding is it's not yet a law in California. I could be mistaken, but I would say to confirm before you bet on that. Um, but I would say that research is really the best way to know. Um, 
right? It's not about what you made at your last job. It's about what you're going to do at your new job. So for companies that you're targeting, I would start, you know, start your research online, of course, Payscale, Glassdoor, Salary.com, all the ones. But then, you know, same advice as, as we gave to a, a previous question, honestly, start to talk to other people that work there or people that have worked there. Look through your LinkedIn, look at somebody who maybe used to work there, somebody who works at your company and went to that new company or whatever and talk to those people about what they're making. I mean, is it crazy to ask for a 50% increase? I don't know. It depends on what those other employees are paying. And there's really only way to, one way to find out is to ask people who work there. Another, that's great advice. I uh, feel, cause like, again, I'm like, is she, is she just like, this is me. I have such a deja vu when I hear your question. And um, something that I did when I was in a similar boat in my early 20s, I had asked my boss at this new station multiple times for a raise. I was going above and beyond my work duties. I was doing two jobs, basically. And anyway, no raise. And so I went into HR upon my dad's insistence. He had this tip for me. And he told me to go in and ask them for the salary band or the salary range for my particular job. And so essentially, in many companies, I would say medium to large size companies, HR will have this information. For every person on payroll, there is a kind of range of how much you can earn until you basically Mm -hmm. get um, salaried out of that position, then they have to like either promote you or, um, or you've just reached your limit and there's, they're making no more money for that particular job title. And I discovered that my job title had a salary, the, 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 the peak was like, um, 80 or $90,000. And I was making like 40 something. And yeah, now, you know, I'd been there for a few years. So I was like, okay, maybe I have to pay my dues. But I was like, I, Dues schmooze. I've been here for, you know, three amazing years. I've kicked butt. It was great intel, Alex, because when I went to negotiate a salary someplace else that had me doing similar work to what I was currently doing at the station plus more, I felt confident in asking for double what I was making. And I got it. Especially for women, you know, women are so much more likely to negotiate if the job description says salary negotiable. It's like we're waiting for permission from someone and it's not, I mean, we're socialized to do that. And so it's not that surprising, but um, if you're waiting for that permission, um, I'm here to give it to you. I bet Farnoosh is also here to give it to you, but something that could help you give, have that feeling of this is okay for me to do it. So I should get over the fear and just ask for it is exactly what you're saying. Ask for those salary bands or ask to talk to people who work there that can give you that information. Cause once you know, Oh, I'm not asking for something that's crazy. I'm asking for something that's reasonable because other people are getting paid this much for doing this job. You're going to have that innate sense of permission that this is reasonable and I need to do it. Yeah. Facts don't lie. Numbers do not lie. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. This has been the amount of value I think we've given these listeners who wrote in with their questions, but also everyone tuning in. I mean, you'll, you may not be looking for making more money right now, but uh, these these negotiation skills you can take with you for a lifetime. And uh, Alex, we thank you for giving us this freebie, this free session. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure a pleasure to chat with you as always. If anybody wants to do a one-on-one with you or f- go to your next workshop, how can they learn? Yeah. So the website is askforit.co and you can check out events there and you can check out one-on-one coaching sessions 
So askforit.co slash coaching or askforit.co slash events. And you can check out all the options. Um, you can schedule a complimentary 15-minute call directly from the website. Pick a time that works well for you. And I'd love to hear what's going on. Nice. 15 minutes. You can get a lot answered yeah. in 15 minutes. Yeah, you can. That's great. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I hope uh, hope you listeners will take advantage of that. And of course, if you ever want to work for Alex, you know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> write a compelling yeah. message on LinkedIn and maybe she'll write back. Yep. Yeah, I look forward to seeing those. Have a great weekend. I hope your weekend, everyone, is so money.